If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, we'll be looking at verses 13 through 35 this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, 13 through 35. And if you don't have your Bible, then you can grab a pew Bible there, and it's page 495 in the pew Bible. Page 495 in the pew Bible. Proverbs 3, 13 through 35. As I was thinking about today and being Independence Day, the day that we are celebrating our independence as Americans, uh, as a nation, I thought about this, and, and these words will ring true to all of you. They'll be familiar to you all. It is from the Declaration of Independence itself. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. I thought today, being Independence Day, it would be a good time to stop and, and think about that last one there. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is a right for every human being. Every person has the right to pursue happiness. Now, what does it mean by happiness? What does it mean by happiness? The foref our forefathers, when they, when they put that in there, when they said that we have the right to pursue happiness, they did not mean something so small as emotional happiness, right? The emotion of happiness. That emotion of happiness, is, it, it wanes, right? It's here, it's there. We, we, we get happy a hundred times a day and we get sad or mad a hundred times a day. It, it's up and down, it comes, it goes. That's just the way the emotion runs. You can be happy at your house, you get in your car and you get out there with all the crazies in the world and, and you get mad, you get a little road rage and there the happiness is out the window. But that kind of happiness is not what our forefathers had in mind when they said you have the right to pursue happiness. They didn't mean pursuing the emotion, uh, a happy emotion. They meant something more, more, uh, more deeper than that, more greater than that, right? Something more substantial than that, the emotion. They had in mind what the, what the Bible often calls blessedness. This, this biblical idea of happiness or blessedness. You see, when you read through Scripture, uh, oftentimes you, you hear that word, blessed, right? Blessed are. Uh, you can actually translate that happy. Happy are. It, it means the same thing. It, it kind of has the same meaning. Now, we kind of mess that meaning up in our American minds, but... But let's think about that today and what it means to be truly happy. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 through 12, for instance, Jesus says it's the Beatitudes, right? The Beatitudes, blessed are the meek, are happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the, inherit the earth. And I'm just going to replace blessed with happy here. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Happy are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Happy are those who are persecuted for others, uh, 
or excuse me, happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Happy are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We need to pursue not just this emotion of happiness, but we need to pursue true biblical happiness. Happiness that endures through suffering. Happiness that endures through pain. Happiness that endures through the hardships of life. Happiness that never wanes. Wayne Grudem says, to be blessed is to be happy in a very full and rich sense and that's the kind of happiness that i want you to pursue i want you to be able to pursue biblical happiness happiness that endures through every situation and every circumstance of life any other kind of happiness is a counterfeit happiness pursue biblical happiness so the book of proverbs actually teaches us how to be happy it it teaches us what true happiness lasting happiness is and how to pursue that kind of happiness so today i want us to pursue happiness and what we're going to see here in in our text today in proverbs uh, 3 13 through 35 is this true happiness is godly happiness True happiness is godly happiness. That is, it's God-centered, God-driven happiness. And no other happiness in your life will ever endure. No other happiness will uh, truly satisfy. Only when your happiness is centered in God will you find true, lasting happiness. So today, as we look at our text, I want to show you three essential ways to pursue this kind of lasting, enduring happiness. Three essential ways to pursue happiness. So as we get started now, if you found your place there in Proverbs chapter 3, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. hear the word of the lord blessed is the one that is happy is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her long life is in her right hand In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open. And the clouds drop their dew, drop down their dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep 
sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow and I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways for the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Well, as we begin to look at this, first, the text reveals where happiness is not found. It shows us, first of all, where happiness is not found. So, so let's consider those quickly. Now, this is not on your outline, so you won't fill in the blank on this, but I, I did put it on the screen here, so uh, you can see it, maybe write it down in the margins. But here we see where happiness is not found. First of all, happiness is not found in material possessions. Right? Happiness is not found in material possessions. Look at 13 and 14. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than from the gain from silver and her profit better than gold. Right? It, the, the profit from, from wisdom it is better than silver and gold. It's better than the material possessions that, that we can come up with. Right? It, it's better than material possessions. Now, this is contrary to our culture, isn't it? Because our culture says where, where happiness is found is, is in money. It's in possessions. It's in houses. It's in vehicles. It's in all of these material possessions. That where, that's where the world looks to to find happiness, but that's not going to sustain. Because what happens when the checking account dwindles? What happens when the stock market falls? What happens when the, the truck goes kaput, right? It, what happens when it, it breaks? What happens when the well, a house catches on fire? What happens to to your happiness when material possessions go away. You can't find true, lasting happiness in material possessions. Quit looking for it there. 
because it will not be found there. Happiness is not found in material possessions, nor is it found in fleshly desires. Continue on to verse 15. There. She, wisdom, is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Desires won't get you there. Desires won't get you there. Fleshly desires won't get you there. Now, our world says, here's where you find happiness. Money, power, and success, right? And the fulfillment of all your desires. And you just fill in the blank of what those desires might be. What fleshly desire that do you have that drives you, that, that you think, if I, if I just have this desire filled, that will make me happy. It will not make you happy, right? It, it might give you some enjoyment for a moment, but then what happens when that moment is over? What happens to your happiness if that's the center of your happiness? You know, see, you, you think back to Genesis chapter 3. What Satan promised Adam and Eve, right? If you'll just eat this fruit, right, it, it will make you like God. And Eve looked at it, and she saw that it was it was good to the eyes, right? It was pleasing to the eyes. It tasted good. It was good to taste. It was good to eat. It was good for food. And it was good to make her like God. And so she took it, right? It fulfilled her desires. It was a material thing that she could hold and possess and have possession of. And, and it filled all these other desires that she had. But it didn't lead to happiness, did it? No, it led to the, quite the opposite. We need to understand that the things that this world has to offer for happiness, they fall short every time. Quit looking for happiness in material things. Quit looking for happiness in, in sensual desires. Quit looking for happiness in the things of this world and look to happiness in the thing that will bring you, the relationship that will bring you true, lasting happiness. So we, we need to forget about the world's pursuit of happiness and we need to look to God and what he tells us will bring us true happiness. So as you pursue true happiness then, let's look at that, what brings true happiness. As you pursue true happiness, it is essential, first of all, to pursue God. This is first and foremost. I mean, you want to find happiness pursue God make that your first and primary pursuit in life and you will find happiness we see that in our text though not directly so much blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than from silver and her profit better than gold she is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare to her. But look at this. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are blessed. And she, it continues on there. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. 
By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. As you think about that, look at that. Look what, what it's saying. First of all, the, the, the writer here, Solomon, he personifies wisdom. He's talking about her, her as, as wisdom. He personifying wisdom. So don't get tripped up on that. This is not like a, another deity or something. But, but he's talking about this, this wisdom. What is this wisdom? Where does this wisdom come from? Well, he, we've already talked a little bit about this two weeks ago when we started this series, right? Where do we find this kind of wisdom? This wisdom that leads to what? Long life, riches and honor, pleasantness, peace the tree of life where does that come from it doesn't come from these earthly pursuits those things come from god they all come from god he is the author of life he is the author and giver of riches and honor and blessed pleasantness and peace he holds the tree of life. It all comes from God. And we see this in chapter 1, verse 7, don't we? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom, knowledge, instruction, it all comes, it all starts from having a right relationship with God. You won't find true pleasure, true happiness in life. It begins with a relationship with God. Pursue God. Pursue God. Look at chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and then skip over to 6 through 8. 1 and 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments, you... Uh, you with you, making your ears attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. I'll just skip over to verse 6 there. For the Lord gives wisdom, right? Yahweh gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saint. True happiness begins with a relationship with God. So if you want to pursue true happiness, if you want to realize true happiness in your life, start by pursuing a right relationship with God. Now we need to be clear about this. This is not just any old pursuit, right? Because there, there's many people in the world that say, well, I pursue God in my own way. No, no, no. <laughs> right? The Hindu says that he is pursuing God in his own way. The Buddhist says he is pursuing God in his way. Uh, the, the Muslim, he, he says he's pursuing God in his way. The New Ager says that they are pursuing God in their own way. But, but Scripture tells us that we don't pursue God the way we want to pursue God. We pursue God the way God wants us to pursue God. That's the only way. And, and this is why the world, don't, they don't like us Christians. Right? Because we say there's one way to God. One way to pursue God. One way to happiness. One way to joy. And that is through Jesus Christ alone. 
It's through Christ alone. Because Christ is the wisdom of God. We saw this in 1 Corinthians, and I just want to take you back there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 through 25. Paul talks about the wisdom of God. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, through the world's wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greek, Greeks uh, seek wisdom, that's worldly wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Greeks. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want to pursue happiness, if you want to pursue a relationship with God, it starts by pursuing God in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Seek God through Christ. Let me tell you, whatever you may be looking, however you may be looking for happiness today, whatever it is that you're trying to find happiness in, it won't last unless you're seeking happiness in Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, have you ever trusted in Jesus? Have you ever surrendered your life to Christ? Have you ever come under the the leadership of Jesus? That's what that fear of the Lord means. Right? To fall under His leadership, His guidance in your life. Have you ever surrendered to Jesus? Let me tell you, if you've never surrendered to Christ, as hard as you may try, you will never find true, lasting happiness. Never. Only Jesus leads to happiness. Trust in Jesus. Surrender your life to Christ. He'll save you. And He'll give you happiness that lasts even through suffering. Even through pain. Even through the hardships of this life. Trust in Jesus. So we pursue happiness first and foremost by pursuing God in a relationship through Jesus Christ but we also as we come into that relationship with Jesus we continue to pursue God and we continue to pursue the glory of God we continue to pursue the glory of God we find happiness in the glory of God and I think that's what Uh, Solomon is pointing to here in verses 19 and 20 when you look at this and say well why does he add this stuff about about creation the Lord by wisdom founded the earth by understanding established the heavens and by knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew Oh, Solomon here, he, he, he takes a pause in his, his ex- explanation here to honor and glorify God, to give God the glory and honor for, for creation. 
It's like, think about this son. Think about who our God is. He is our creator and our sustainer. Look at the world around you and see how, how God reigns over creation. Oh, we need to find joy and happiness not in creation, but the God of creation. So many people, they look at the sunset and they begin to worship the sunset. But as followers of Jesus Christ, knowing who is the author of that sunset, uh, sunset <laughs> we should worship the creator, the one who made that sunset happen. As we look at the mountains and, and see the, the beauty and the glory of the mountains, we don't worship the mountains, we worship the God who created the mountains. Because He is greater than the mountains. As we look at creation, it should draw us to honor and glorify God and find our happiness in God. You know, in 1 Timothy, Paul talks about God being happy. He talks about the glorious gospel of the blessed or the happy God. Chapter 1, verse 11. And he calls God the blessed and only sovereign, the happy and only sovereign, 615. God is the perfection of happiness. He is the perfection of happiness. Wayne Grudem correctly notes here that God's blessedness may be defined as following. God's blessedness means that God delights fully in himself and in all that reflects his character. In this definition, the idea of God's happiness or blessedness is connected directly to his own person as the focus of all that is worthy of joy or delight. This definition indicates that God is perfectly happy, that he has fullness of joy in himself. God is the perfection of happiness because God is most happy in himself. In his own glory. Now, why is that so? Because God is, the, is perfect in glory. He is completely perfect in, in all things. He, he, he is the perfect reflection of glory. He, all of, all of the, the perfect characteristics that we think about, God holds them, right? He is perfect in power, perfect in knowledge, perfect in, in understanding. In all of his ways, he is perfect. And if God finds happiness in anything other than himself, in those things that reflect himself, his own character, then God would be an idolater. But God's not an idolater. He he finds his greatest happiness in himself, in his own character and nature. And you know what? He created us to find happiness. He created us to be happy. But not in the counterfeit things that this world has to offer for us to, to try to find happiness in. He created us to be happy in him. In his glory. God wants you to be happy in that which reflects perfect happiness he wants you to find happiness in him 
you know, in a 60 Minutes interview back in 2005, after winning his third Super Bowl ring, now he's up to seven, but this then it was three. Tom Brady said to the interviewer there, after reflecting on his third Super Bowl victory, he said, uh, there's got to be more than this, right? There's got to be more than this. This can't be all it's cracked up to be. You, you think about that. Tom Brady at that time, and more so even now, he had the big three, right? Fame, fortune, and success. That's the American dream, isn't it? Fame, fortune, success. That's what people live for. Let me have that and I'll be happy. But Tom Brady had all of those things and he said, something's missing. Something's missing. What's missing? There's got to be more than three Super Bowl rings. There is more than three soap Super Bowl rings. There's more to life than rings. There's more to life than championships. There's more to life than success. There's more to life than all the money in the world. There's more to life than all of this. All that the world has to offer. But it's only found in God. It's only found in God. Augustine once said, <clears throat> You have made us for yourself, O oh God. And our hearts, our heart is restless until it rests in you. Dear friend, you'll never find happiness outside of God. You're never, you'll never find happiness outside of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You want to find happiness, true, lasting, eternal happiness. Pursue God. Pursue God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. In your pursuit of happiness, <clears throat> it is essential that you first pursue God. That's essential. You've got to start there, right? That's the starting point. If you don't start with that relationship with God, these next two will mean nothing. They're going to be useless. So, so let's make sure we understand that. The pursuit of God, the relationship with God, is where happiness begins. But then after you pursue God, after you enter into this relationship with God, then step number two here, pursue righteousness. Pursue righteousness. Look at verses uh, 21 and 22 there my son do not lose sight of these keep sound wisdom and discretion and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck now now look at those, those words there first of all let's let's understand here what he's talking about here he, he's saying you need to conform to god's character as you pursue happiness, as you pursue a joy, pursue righteousness by conforming to God's character. Look at that word keep. The word keep there, the Hebrew word behind the English word, the word keep means to conform one's action or practice to something, right? conform one's actions or practice to something to a standard in this case it's god's standard 
It's God's standard, and we know that because he, he, he continues with those other words, sound wisdom and discretion. Sound wisdom and discretion. Now, we talked about this two weeks ago in our, our first sermon on the, the series of Proverbs. In Proverbs, wisdom signifies the ability to make right choices and live according to God's moral standard. That's what's what... When Proverbs talks about wisdom, that's what it's talking about. The ability to make right, you're wise when you can make right choices and conform your life to God's standard. That is the picture of wisdom. So in other words, wisdom is pursuing God and his righteousness. Somebody else told us that, didn't he? Didn't Jesus say the same thing? You worry about so many things, but here's the first concern pursue god pursue the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all of these things you worry about they'll be added unto you seek god and his righteousness conform your life to god's character discretion also there means that discretion is the trait of judging wisely and ob- objectively that means having wise judgment or prudence and so all of these perf- point to us conforming our character to God's character. As we enter into a relationship with God, as we surrender to God's leadership in our life, surrendering to His Lordship, His sovereignty over us, then we should want to conform our lives to His character, to become like God. And isn't that what the New Testament says? As we are disciples of Jesus, we're to conform ourselves to be like Jesus. It's in the name, Christian, Christ-like, right? We're we're to be Christ-like. We're to conform our life to God, to become more like God. And that's what he's talking about here. If you want to pursue happiness, you pursue God and pursue the righteousness of God. You pursue to to live up to God's standard. Now, this is not legalism. Let's be sure of that. Let's be clear of that. Legalism says, I'm going to pursue righteousness to win favor with God. No, that's not why we pursue righteousness. No, because we pursue God first. Through Jesus Christ and His righteousness. Through Jesus' righteousness, we pursue God. But then as we pursue God, we see God, we love God, and we want to become like God. And so as we want to become like God, we want to conform to His character. Therefore, we want to follow His law. We want to live according to to His moral law. What He he shows us is, is right good morality we want to conform to his image and his likeness out of a love and devotion to god not to save ourselves he's already saved us in christ jesus salvation is by grace alone through faith alone and christ alone but as we come to saving faith in jesus we want to be like jesus so we want to conform to the character of god so we want to live by god's word we want to conform our character to what god tells us our character should should look like should be so we pursue god and pursue his righteousness now 
when we conform our lives to God's character, this brings rest in God's assurance. It brings rest in God's assurance. Notice what the rest of that, that, those verses there, 23 through 27 say. Excuse me. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those who, to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. We need to conform ourselves to God. And when we conform ourselves to God's character, we rest in God's assurance. You know, one, one attribute of a Christian is, is they are on the pursuit, right? Not perfectly. We still have our faults. We still stumble. We still sin. But we are pursuing God. Pursuing life to be like God. That's our greatest desire. We have this desire to be like God. We have a desire to obey God. And as we see that obedience coming to life in our life, that gives us assurance of our salvation. Because we see the Spirit working in our lives, wanting to conform us to the image of Jesus. Furthermore, think about this. Uh, he talks about their having sweet sleep, your foot not slipping and stumbling and, and all of those things. When we pursue righteousness, there's no guilt, is there? I mean, you, you think about someone who pursues life in an unrighteous way. You think about the wicked who are always out to get someone else so that they can uh, get ahead in life. Or maybe you've experienced those moments in your life when you were living in sin, right? You, you slipped into an old habit and you started living in sin. How well did you sleep at night? How much rest did you get when you were living in disobedience to God? You see, when we live in disobedience to God's moral standard, there, there's guilt that comes in. There's shame that comes in. God created us to, to live according to his righteous standard. That's why we, we suffer guilt. Uh, that's why we, we feel shameful when we, we sin against God. Even as Christians, right? We, we still feel that guilt when we fall short. When we're living in sin, sleep is not so sweet, is it? Tension becomes apparent in our lives. It begins to affect our relationships with other people. We fear being found out, being caught. When you're living in sin, whatever that sin may be, whether it be an adulterous affair or whether it be just lying on your taxes or, or whatever it may be, when you're living in sin, there's guilt. The Holy Spirit will convict you. He will bring that conviction on your life, showing that you that you're not following God. But when we pursue righteousness, when we pursue righteousness, when we pursue God's way of life, we don't worry. There's no need of worry. 
when we're pursuing God's righteousness, sleep is sweet. There's nothing weighing on our consciences. There's no tension over our sins. We pursue God. As we pursue God, we pursue His righteousness. If you want to know true happiness, peace, pursue righteousness. Pursue Christ-likeness. Strive to be like Christ. And you'll find true peace and joy and happiness in your life. So if you're going to pursue true happiness, it is essential that you pursue God first. Pursue righteousness, and this just kind of flows right out of righteousness. The third, pursue love. Pursue love. Look at the last verses there. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow and I will, I will get it. When you have it with you. In other words, your neighbor has need and he's come to you for a need. I, I need this. I, I, need, I need your help. And he's saying, if you have it, don't say, hey, I'll come again tomorrow. Don't put him off. If you have it, give it to him. Help him out. Be a blessing. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who, who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. In other words, love your neighbor. That's what he's saying here. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor and do right to your neighbor. And that's the path to, to true happiness. We, we love our neighbor. Now, we're not talking about here romantic kind of love. Pursuing love is not romantic love, although romantic love is good and great and wonderful, and husbands and wives should have this romantic love. But, but we're not talking about romantic love here. Many try to find happiness in romantic love, but romantic love will not bring true, lasting happiness. We're talking about godly love divine love a love that takes action a love that does a love that needs no reciprocation whatsoever that's the kind of love we want to pursue love for our neighbor take action that's all as you, you look through these verses here do not do evil against your neighbor do not count it uh, do not contend with a man for no reason. If you have something and your neighbor needs it, give it to your neighbor. It, this is active love. It's doing something for other people. We need to take action. We need to let our love speak. We need to let our love do. Just as God in Christ loved us. Giving His only Son for us. Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 through 40 says, uh, Jesus says there, the, the great commandment is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. You want to find true happiness? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. And who is your neighbor? Scripture tells us, the New Testament tells us, it's whoever's around you that has a need. That's your neighbor. Whoever you come in contact who, who needs your love, who needs your compassion, who needs your grace, love your neighbor. 
not expecting something in return. Not expecting a pat on the back, not expecting, uh, you know, interest or, or whatever, not expecting anything in return, but loving. Because God in Christ called you to love. Loving your neighbor because your neighbor was created in the image and likeness of God. Love your neighbor. Show love and compassion to those who are around you. And when you love your neighbor, Scripture, our passage here teaches us that we inherit God's blessing. We inherit God's blessing. Look there again, 31 through the end there, 35. Do not envy a man or be violent and do not choose any of his ways. Excuse me, do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways for the devious person is an abomination to the Lord. But the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked. He blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Towards the scorners, he is scornful. But to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor. But fools get disgrace. Oh, you want to inherit God's blessing on your life. Then live as God has called you to live. Pursue God. Pursue uh, righteousness. But in all of this, pursue love. As you pursue God, as you pursue His righteousness, pursue love, pursue uh, living out your faith with those around you. John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this all people will know that you are my disciples. Here's the insurance, right? You, you want to know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, a true follower of Jesus Christ, not just you know, having the word of faith, but having faith in your heart and life. You want to know that you're a disciple of Jesus Here's how you know if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another, love for your neighbor, love for those around you. Do you love as God in Christ loved you? Gave him himself for you. Do you demonstrate that love to your neighbor? If you want to find true happiness, pursue love, pursue love. You know, here at First Bastrop, we exist to love God, love one another, and love our world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you just live out our mission, right, you're living in love. Pursue love. Pursue love. Don't accept counterfeits to happiness. Church, do not accept counterfeits to happiness. Now, this week, I, I googled happiness is, just to see what came up. And here's what Google had to offer. Happiness is cinnamon rolls. I don't know, that's the morning, that, that, that's the breakfast crew, right? Happiness is cinnamon rolls. Happiness is shopping. That might be my wife. <laughs> happiness is a hug from someone you love. Oh, isn't that sweet? Happiness is when someone says you've lost weight. 
Happiness is the way you make me feel. Happiness is a day on the lake. Happiness is singing in the car. Now, these are kind of funny, some of them humorous. And surely all of these might be somewhat enjoyable. But none of them lead to true happiness. None of them lead to true happiness. True happiness is only found pursuing a relationship with God, pursuing His righteousness, and pursuing love. Pursue true happiness. Pursue true happiness. Pursue godly happiness. Pursue God-centered, God-driven happiness. Pursue God. Start with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Dear friend, if you're here today or you're listening online, whatever it may be, if you've never trusted in Jesus, if you want to find true happiness in life, start by trusting in Jesus. I beg you, forget the world's standard of righteousness. Trust in Christ and you will find immediate happiness in Him. Pursue God through Jesus Christ. Be content and glory and delight yourself in the glory of God day after day pursuing God in a personal relationship. Through prayer and Bible study, pursue God. Pursue God. Pursue His righteousness. Seek to conform your life to God and His standard of life. Seek to be like Jesus. And you'll find happiness in Christ. Pursue love. Love for God. Love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And love for our world by sharing the gospel with the lost. Pursue love. Pursue these three things and you will discover true, lasting happiness. Settle for no counterfeit. Only settle for perfect happiness in Christ. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, as we celebrate today, Lord, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we recognize, Lord God, that so often we pursue happiness in all the wrong things. Our sinful hearts, our sinful flesh leads us on uh, wrong paths to happiness. We chase after things that think will make us happiness and when we get them, they only fall short. Lord, true happiness is only found in a relationship with you, seeking you, pursuing you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then living out that relationship and our, our relationships with others. Oh, Father God, I pray today that we would abandon all counterfeit pursuits of, of happiness. And Lord, let us only be satisfied. Let our hearts only be satisfied 
as we pursue happiness in you. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.